welcome. Great to have you with us tonight. If you don't know me, my name's Mitch, and uh, it's an honour to be able to share the word with you tonight. And so good to be in God's presence. He's here. And, you know, at times we might not feel him, but it doesn't change the fact that he is here. And I don't know where you're at tonight, but Jesus is here, and he wants to encounter you. He wants to draw near to you. But I want to start tonight in Matthew chapter 13, in verse 22. Jesus is sharing a parable about a sower who sowed seed, and some fell on the path, some fell on rocky ground, some... All the, the seed fell in different places, and there's some seed that fell on, on the ground, and it grew up, but it, the thorns came and choked it out, and, and the seed didn't grow and become mature. And in verse 22, Jesus is kind of explaining it, and he says this, The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. I want to talk tonight about, we love Jesus in this place. We're following him. We've got a room full of followers of Jesus, people who love him. And I believe that God's word has done something great in our lives. But at times, just like Jesus talked about, the worries of life and things choke out what God wants to do in our lives. And God wants to do great things. We want to follow Jesus and we've got a hunger to follow after him. Our theme this year is a king and a cause, and we want to live following the king, but so often we find ourselves caught up in life, and it chokes out what God wants to do in us. So I want to talk tonight about how we we bow to the king, how we live our lives following Jesus, so that the the things that he wants to do in us, the seed that he wants to sow, can grow to maturity and be fruitful in our lives. So I want to start in actually in Daniel chapter 3. And the story of Daniel, it starts out, chapter 1, Israel has been um, invaded by the Babylons and uh, the Babylonians and crazy things are happening and they get exiled from Israel and these, these four young men, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, get taken to Babylon and, and they kind of get separated from the rest of the men and they, they rise out, they just shine amongst the rest of the people. And these are, these are good guys, good young guys, seeking to honor God with their lives. Then in Daniel chapter 2, the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, he has this weird dream and he's a bit of a hothead too. And so he's like, if someone can't interpret my dream, they're going to die. I'm going to execute you. So he's a bit crazy. I wouldn't want to mess with him. And so it's this weird dream. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden Daniel, he... Um, he, through God, he interprets this dream. And, and so these, these four men get favored. They actually become like uh, leaders in the kingdom there. And so you know, God is really blessing them, doing great things through them. And then we come to Daniel chapter 3. And the crazy king, Nebuchadnezzar, he builds like a 90-meter statue, gold statue, and says to everyone, at the certain time in the day when the music blares, blares and blasts, when the dubstep kicks in, everyone's got to bow down to my statue. And so here's these guys, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel. They're forced in a bit of a conundrum because they love God. They want to honor God. And yet everyone is bowing down to this statue. 
And so we come to verse 7 of Daniel chapter 3. It says, So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bowed to the ground and worshipped the gold statue that Kim Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But some of the astrologers went to the king and informed on the Jews. Snitches. They said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, Long live the king, you issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue. When they hear of the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and other musical instruments, that decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue that you have set up. So here are these boys. They're different. They're from a different kingdom. And yet they're in this situation where everyone is bowing down to this statue. But they chose not to go along with the crowd even under pressure, under peer pressure, even under being snitched on by these astrologers or whoever they were, they chose to bow to their king, not to the kings of this world. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so often there's, there's things in our world that, that are set up and, and so many people get caught, they bow to it. Yeah. We, there's so many things in life that we can bow to, yeah. that we, we lay our lives down to and we... We, it's not, a, not necessarily an act of worship, but we bow down to them and, and we place higher importance on them than we should. Yeah. And we get caught up in this life. And, but the thing is that we're, we're in a different kingdom. And so my question to you tonight is what are you bowing to or who are you bowing to? See, we're made, I believe as Christians, as humans, I believe we're made to bow to God. Yeah. First and foremost, He is called to be first. Colossians 1 verse 16 and 18 For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. So we're made to bow to him. He is first. We're made to bow to him. And when we bow to him, it's like everything is in order. When he is our king, when we are living to follow him and live for his cause, everything is in order. But when we start bowing to other stuff in our world, it's like we get out of order. And it brings disorder into our lives. And like that scripture I I read at the start, it's like, God, we're trying to follow God. There's this seed in our lives, but it gets choked up because of the disorder in our lives because we're not bowing to him first. We get caught bowing to other stuff in life. And so there's things in this world that we can bow to, and they're not necessarily bad things. But when we bow to them instead of bowing to God, we get out of order and we get choked out by the thorns and the the worries and the cares of life. So there's lots of things we could bow to, and I just want to take a moment to focus on a few that I believe, God, that we can get caught in bowing to these things and not bowing to Him. And I believe if we get it right, it can really bring new blessing and life in our lives. So the first thing I think that we can get caught bowing to is money. The love of money. 1 Timothy 6 verse 9 to 10. Those who want to get rich... 
fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered far from faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. The love of money. Many people misinterpret this scripture so often they just think God says money is evil. No, he says the love of money is evil. And when we bow to money, it's like, and this is so easy to do. We get so caught up worrying about our finances. Interest rates are rising. All these you know, cost of living expenses, all this stuff. And we hear about it all the time in the news and social media. And we can bow to that stuff because it just gets in our mentality, in our minds. And we're always thinking about that instead of focusing on God. Proverbs 28, 20 to 20, and, and verse 22, the trustworthy person will get a rich reward, but a person who wants quick riches will get into trouble. Greedy people try to get rich, but don't realize they're headed for poverty. Now, I think we do this inadvertently. Like I said, it's all around us. That's all the talk is about. We, and, and money becomes a thing that we just become so focused on, it's like we bow to it just like everyone else. Another thing we can bow to is work. What's the first thing normally, or one of the first things you ask someone when you meet, you ask when you meet someone new? What do you do? What do you do? And in our culture, in our Western society, it's like our identity is so caught up in what we do, in our work. And it's like our identity, our worth, our value. It's like we judge people, oh, that's what they do. I wonder how much money they're getting paid for that. And so it's like our identity gets tied up in all of that. And it becomes like a tyranny in our lives. We're constantly working and trying to... And work is not a bad thing. But it's like it just it becomes something we bow to in our lives. And, and how much in these last few years has work invaded our lives? Working from home more than, more than ever. It's like work has just taken over. On our devices all the time, our notifications going off, it's like we, we never leave work. Yeah. And it can be something we bow to, just this constant need to always be producing, always doing, 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 doing. And we bow to it. And it's just what everyone else does. Everyone works like crazy because this is what we got to do. And so it's something we bow to in our lives. We bow to money, we bow to work. Something else we bow to is status. We're, we live in an age of self-promotion, selfies. You know, you see everyone's social media feed and it's all them. And, it's, we, 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 and we love likes. You know, we love getting approval from other people and our status. And it's like our social media becomes our self-curated highlight reel of life, trying to earn approval from others. And it's more than just social media. You know, we, we like to display our knowledge. We talk about all the things we know. and we, we love to get rewarded for the work that we do. And, and our status becomes something that we bow to. Yeah. We care so much about what others think of us. And like I said, these aren't bad things necessarily. But when we get out of order, when we bow to these things, they mess us up. You know, another thing we, we bow to is stuff possessions, all the things we feel like we need. I need the latest phone, I need the latest device, I need... And, and our world is set up to feed this, that we bow to it. I've got it, we need, we need. And look, I love the latest stuff, but it, it becomes something that I bow to. Jesus said in Luke 12, 15, 
Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Another thing we can bow to is our feelings. How I feel. And it's something we bow to. My, my feelings trump everything else. My truth trump, trumps everything else. And it's all around us and everyone's bowing to this stuff. And if we're not careful, we can get sucked into it and start bowing to it too. And so all these things, and, and I could list off many more, bowing to our anxiety, our fears. There's so much more. So how do we, we, we have to consciously combat this stuff and work against it. And it's like sometimes we're trying to follow God, believing he's going to do great things in our lives, but then we get caught up bowing to all this stuff in our lives and we get choked out by the worries and the cares of this life. And we get stuck. And James speaks about this in, in James 4.8. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. That's where it is. We want to follow Jesus, but we get caught bowing to the things of this world. If people tried to pressure Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they, they tried to draw them into us. They said, you've got to just be like the rest of us. But we're not called to be like everyone else. We're children of God. We live in His kingdom, not the world's kingdom. And maybe even indirectly, we feel this pressure. Maybe it's how we've grown up in our lives, in our families, and these things can just become something that we bow to in our lives. But like I said, we've got to consciously work against it. Are we living like He is our King? Are we bowing to Him? Or are we bowing to some counterfeit statue that's trying to take the place of God in our lives? So... My prayer tonight is that we would bow to the King. And I just want to take a couple of those areas and really show us. See, the good news is this, is that God has given us strategies and tools throughout the Word that help us to combat these things. So things that might be good in our lives, they don't become overwhelming, but we can actually bow to God and live our lives and see His fruit come forth in our lives. So when it comes to money, God gives us a simple strategy that maybe all of us know and maybe you don't, and that's simply to tithe. When you tithe, you're saying no to the tyranny of money and you're choosing to give God control over your finances. Classic scripture in Malachi 3, 8 to 10. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not room enough to store it. See, when we bow to our money, we just want to get, get, get. We're trying to cover all our needs and it's all on our back. We're bowing to money. and oh God, I've got, just got to get enough to get by to pay my bills, to, to look after all my needs. And it's all on me. But when I tithe, I'm saying, God, I'm giving you control of my finances. And we stop bowing to money and saying, God, you're in control. I'm going to trust you, that you're my provider. That it's not, I'm not my provider. My workplace isn't my provider. Jesus, you're my provider. And that could be hard to do because we think about, oh, God, I've just got to, I've got to keep every cent. Well, that's, you know, a bit of a warning sign that you might be bowing to money. But when we can give up just that 10%, it's like God blesses the rest. 
But when, it, when we keep the 100%, it's all, it's just in your hands. So we can break the power of this and choose not to bow to money, bow to God by tithing and by bringing what we can to Him. Matthew six nineteen to 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then Jesus goes on in verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. So where are we bowing? Are you bowing to money? Are you bowing to the things of this world? Like I said, it's all around us. You hear it all the time. Interest rates, cost of living, all these challenges. And we can focus on all that stuff and it's like we bow to it. When you say, God, I'm giving you control doesn't matter what's going on in the world. You are in control. You are my provider, and I trust you, Jesus. Secondly, our work. We can become so obsessed with producing, with, with doing, 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 doing. And the pressure is you've got to work more. You've got to do more. Get your hours in. And, and it can become this, this weight on our shoulders. But God gave us the gift of Sabbath that we would take time away from our work to focus on Him, to delight in Him, to delight in His creation, to delight in His world. Pizzas Gizero, the author of The Emotionally Healthy Leader, he says this, The culture shackles us in chains, telling us our only value is in what we achieve or produce, that we are losers unless we accomplish more, whatever it may cost. We are doing well only if things are bigger and better. That's the world. You've got to do more. Everything's got to be updated. You've got to keep doing more, more, more. Keep growing. You know, it's, such, it's a culture in our world and, and it can become a tyranny in our lives, something that we get caught up in and bowing to in our lives. Got to do more, more, more. But what would happen if your identity wasn't founded in your work but it was founded in God? Yeah. That your value is not about what you do but about who you are in Him. In Exodus... And when God comes and, and brings the Ten Commandments in, in Exodus 20, verse 8, it says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. And on it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So even God rested from his work in creation. He rested. But he gave it to us as a gift. That we're not to live under the tyranny of our work, but we're to understand that, that his blessing is over our work. And that we can find rest in him. You know, here when God gives the Ten Commandments, the Israelites had spent 400 years in slavery. Their identity, their value was all about what they did. All they did every day were slaves. They worked, they worked, they worked, they worked. And God had to like bring a circuit breaker in and remind them, you need to rest. Find rest in me. And, you know, I believe like, like the tithe is to our finances... Sabbath is to our work. 
You know, that we come and we, we bring our tithes and God blesses the rest of our finances. We bring our rest. We, we honor God by resting and, and taking time to focus on Him. He blesses our work. And we trust Him with our time. And God, I'm going to work my best in the time that I've got, but I'm not going to kill myself over that. I'm not bowing to that. I'm bowing to you, Lord Jesus. Rest in Him. Delight in Him. Rest from your work, but work from your rest. Bring your best to Him. So let's not bow to money. Let's tithe and bow to our God. Let's not bow to our work, but let's enjoy Sabbath and find rest in Him. And finally, let's not bow to status, but let's live lives of humility. So when you lay down your life, you're saying no to status and you're choosing to build up others. Philippians 2 verse 3 to 8, it says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he didn't think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Where is your focus? On yourself or on others? On how you can make yourself look better or on how you can bless others and be a blessing to them? We live in a world that's infatuated with my opinion, my needs, my wants. Any disagreement with, with me is seen as a personal attack. But humility puts all that aside and says, I'm here to lift others up. It's not about me. It's not about what I want. I'm laying my life down. I don't need status. God's given me the greatest status of all, and that is salvation in Him. So what are you bowing to? I don't want to bow to the things of this world. I want to bow to Him. Is he your king? Are you bowing to him or just some counterfeit statue that everyone else is bowing down to? So I'm going to invite the team to come. And I want to encourage you. There's two responses today. First is that you would be encouraged by this word but also be challenged. Maybe, maybe you find yourself, you're bowing to that, that fear of money or that that focus and that love of money that it's getting caught up in your mind and it's a fear, it's a worry. You hear about it all the time and, and your focus is on that. I want to encourage you, maybe you've got to go away. You think, are you tithing? Are you being generous? Are you living in that way? Has money got a hold of you or is God in control of your finances? Or maybe you're just working yourself to the bone. Work has taken over your life and it's become an obsession. You feel like you've just got to keep doing and doing and doing. Well, maybe you've got to take a decision to take time off, to delight in Him, to get a regular rhythm of Sabbath in your life so that work doesn't control you, but you're running God with your life and your time. Or maybe you find you're, you're chasing something that this world's trying to offer, status or anything like that. But it's time to, to start living a life of humility and start not thinking of yourself but looking to live up, lift up others in your world. So that's the first response is to think, okay, what, what might I need to change when I go home? But I want to take a moment right now. I'm going to invite you to stand.
And right now is a time of surrender. Yes, there's a choice to be made when you go home, but God is here in this place. And I pray that we would right now just make a fresh decision to take a moment of surrender. We're going to sing this song, All to Jesus I Surrender. But would you bow to Him? You're a Christian, you love Jesus, you're following Him. But maybe those thorns have grown up in your life, those worries of life have taken over and they've choked out what God wants to do. We just come and take a fresh moment of surrender and just place Jesus on that throne again. James 4.8 said, Come close to God and God will come close to you. He's here. He wants to be close to you, but would you take a step towards Him right now? Let's sing.